You're listening to The Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hey there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno, and today one of The Better Man founders, Robert Lewis, is back on the podcast, and here's why. Recently, he has been taking a trip down memory lane. Our listeners may not know this, but there is a new podcast out there highlighting sermons from the Robert Lewis Preaching Archives, and the name of the podcast is... You ready for this? Robert Lewis Sermons. Easy to remember. Uh, And you can find it wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Well, as part of this project, Robert has gone back and he has listened to all of his original teaching on manhood that he did over two decades ago. It was a series called Authentic and Manhood. And so Robert and I, we were talking about this. We're talking about this project and how he was going back and re-listening to some of these old messages. And I asked him, I said, well, were you encouraged or discouraged? Because that can happen sometimes. If you're a teacher and you go back and you listen to old messages, sometimes you can be discouraged. But luckily, Robert was encouraged. And when I asked him why, he had such a great answer. I said, we're going to record a podcast on that. Write down those those reflections, and let's talk about that, because there are some really helpful insights that you have uh, right there. So that's what we talk about today, reflections from his recent trip down memory lane. We're going to talk about this original teaching that was, you know, again, over two decades old, and does it hold up today in 2021? And I think, as always, you're going to love Robert's insight and his clarity, and I think you're going to be encouraged. So take a listen to this conversation, and then I'll be back with a few closing comments. Robert, welcome back to the podcast. Good to see you today. Yeah, Adam, it's great to be back. Yes. Yeah, so uh, you've been taking a trip down memory lane lately. Why don't you tell our uh, our listeners that story? What what has led to you taking this trip down memory lane? What what ha- yeah. what have you been doing? Yeah, this is really exciting for me. But uh, a couple months ago, a friend of mine contacted me. He's kept all the sermons that I've ever preached, and he just called me one day and said, "Hey, I'd like to help you build out a podcast site." where we can go back and load up, archive all your messages, plus all your original men's messages that you did that launched the uh, men's fraternity men's movement that now has evolved into Better Man. Okay. At first I thought, really, you'd do that? And he said, yeah, I'd like to do that. So he worked with some of your staff at uh, uh, your studio and uh, we're putting it all together and we're launching it. That's amazing. So this guy calls you up. So did he have them on cassette tapes, on CDs? Were they all digital? What what did he have? No, it goes all the way back into the early 80s. Some of them are just cassette tapes. It did go, we did evolve into CDs eventually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's like opening a tomb and going in and pulling out the Pharaoh's jewels, yes. at least my jewels. <laughs> yes. Okay, so, you know, I've got a little bit of uh, preaching in my background. I've done that uh, for, uh, you know, on and off for 10, 15 years. So I've got, I've got a sermon archive. If somebody came to me and said, Adam, I've kept every message, I know one of the first things I would say is be like, okay, so when you say all of them, do you really mean all of them? Because there's about four or five I'd love to take out and never listen to again, you know? Did you have any of that pit in your stomach when you heard this? Oh, yeah, because uh, you you realize, first of all, being real young, what did I say? I mean, I forgot <laughs> what I said. I go, am I going to be embarrassed? And those kind of things. Uh, my friend Jason, he was insistent. He said, I think these messages are ones that people would enjoy. I still listen to them and I want to share them. I mean, he had a passion for it. So really I kind of gave into that. But what I was especially excited about as well is my original men's messages, which I've I've heard before and that kind of thing. And I still use uh, the outlines for. So I think in that sense with Better Man, those are valuable and uh, would love 
to be able to share that through the Better Man website. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, towards the end of this episode and in the show description, we're going to let you guys know how you can find this new podcast channel so that you can go back and listen to these archives. And so what we, what you and I want to talk about today, as you've been taking this trip down memory lane, we spoke maybe two weeks ago and you said, Adam, I went back and I listened to all the old men's messages. And I said, Robert, do this. Why don't you write down some reflections as you've gone back and listened to these messages that some of them are over a decade old. What have you noticed? What have you been encouraged by? What have you been surprised by? What are some some timely messages or reflections that you have as you've gone back to listen to those? And you've got four of them that you wrote down that I thought were great. I, I do. And let me just say this, not a decade old. Some of them are three decades okay, old. Okay, three decades old. So these are uh, some of these messages are older than our listeners' kids that, right now. That's exactly right. <laughs> they weren't even born yet when I was given these messages. That's right. That's right. So, okay, so let's go through these. You've got four things, um, and I'll just I'll, I'll read out the little headline, and then you can unpack it. So headline number one that you've noticed as you've been taking this trip down memory lane is that vision is still the key to manhood. Talk about that. Yeah, Uh one of the things that I experienced in my early days in working with men is that uh, I really didn't have a definition of manhood. I mean, early on, I discovered I I couldn't get my hands around some succinct, passionate definition of manhood that I could share with men. And so I personally went on that journey. And as I uncovered that uh, out of the scriptures, it was empowering to me. Mm. And then the surprise was, as I shared it with men, as we built our men's ministry at the church, how empowering it was for men to have a clear, succinct definition of manhood that then I took time to explain out of the scriptures. And and Adam, what's amazing, here I am 30 years later, and I still, I got three or four of these messages this week from men all over the country who still refer back to that definition as the guiding light yeah. that has helped empower them into a healthy masculinity and a healthy life. Because life goes down, as I've found, uh, easier and smoother if you really do know where you're going, especially as a man. Yeah, and, and, and I still see that. In fact, if anything, that conviction of vision, the importance of vision to a man is still more, it's more important now than it was even when I first started that journey. Yeah. Well, you know, and I heard one of those stories with the last podcast guest that we had, where I had the opportunity to interview Derwin Gray and asked him, you know, what, what inspired you to want to record some of the teaching for Better Man? Uh, what was that experience like in your church? And when I asked him what inspired, first words out of his mouth were your name. And as he talked about his journey to manhood and after he became a follower of Jesus, stumbling across this definition and just going, that's a game changer. Because you're exactly right. I mean, even 30 years ago, and it's still true today, a lot of men have no clue what they're doing, what what this looks like. And and that's, you know, like, we're not going to fault our dads for that. I mean, our dads were trying and trying to give us an example. Some of that's popular culture, media, some of it, um, you know, there's just a lot of different messages that we're getting. But the clarity that scripture provides that you were able to draw out and just put in a simple list, it's inspiring. I'm just telling you, it's a game changer. If if I had a last message uh, before my death, I would just go back and preach the definition a final time and call me and say, guys, this will help you because if you're not clear where you're going, then you're going to go nowhere. That's right. And scriptures reinforce that. I mean, Proverbs 29, 18 says, without a vision, the people get out of control. And I've always told men, if there's one thing I've learned in 30 years of working with men, 
is unless you have a conviction about where you want to go as a man, a vision for where you want to go, that you have personally embraced. I mean, with conviction, I go, your life is going to wander. Yeah. It's going to, and it's going to wander down dead ends that are going to waste a lot of your life and a lot of your time. That's right. So um, one of the things that we can ask the listeners to do is if you're sitting there going, well, I want to know what that definition is. I want that clarity. Well, there's our tease. You need to go listen to some of these messages. And here's what I love about the definition as well. If you've got you know young kids that you can communicate with, right, that they're, they're starting to talk, so maybe two, three, four, five years old, young, young boys... You can start teaching them these 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 principles. These can start to become things that you're talking about with your with your boys. Are they going to get it right away? Of course not. But you're just starting to introduce this language and a list. You're right on point in that, Adam. You yeah. are because what will happen is if you hold those that vision, that simple vision that you can articulate, you'll use it just in making a correction or giving some instruction or encouragement. Those those simple terms will come out. But I also had the privilege just recently of taking my 13-year-old grandson and his dad and his other granddad through a little ceremony. And at the core of the ceremony, other than a great steak dinner, is we all (laughs) shared with him, we all shared with him that simple definition of manhood and just said, Drew, this is what we're living for as men. Mm. And we want to encourage you to follow this definition for your manhood. And then we gave him a, a nice kind of rustic plaque that he could hang above his computer in his bedroom that had that definition on it. I love it. That's great. Okay. So vision is the key to manhood. Uh, number two is this dealing with dad is still a must do for every man. That's another reflection you had as you were taking this trip down memory lane. Talk about that. Yeah. Early on again, just in working with men, I, I, I could see just in our interactions, the hurt or the 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 uh, urgency of men. When I started talking about my relationship with dad, it was like I opened a floodgate. Yeah, and it was a surprise to me. I didn't know it. How many men needed to make, and this is the word I'd use, need to make peace with dad, mm. because we're growing up in a society that's even more so today in 2021, where men didn't have a dad growing up or their dad really wasn't involved in their life. He was home, but not emotionally involved. So in the landscape of manhood, even more so today than when I started preaching 30 years ago on men, there is this, this, this vacuum Hmm. that should have been filled by dad. And I think a man will never be free until he makes peace with dad in some way, either to, to honor him in some way for the things he did well, which we still need to do. And the Bible exhorts us to honor our fathers. That's right. But I think even more so in this wounded generation to make peace with dad by reconciling with dad at his initiative or and forgiving his dad as God has forgiven him. And when here's what I've learned. When men do that, it opens a space and a freedom in their life that they didn't think was possible. I just got a, a video from a... 58-year-old man, he was sharing it in church, he wanted me to see it, where he was talking about his journey with his dad, that his dad on Father's Day, he was sharing this testimony on Father's Day, that his dad abused him as a child, Hmm. and he had done everything he possibly could in those years to suppress that hurt. Wow. Until he got into a group that started talking about making peace with dad, and he was sharing to the audience there that he went back, talked to his dad about it. 
His dad wept. They they shared. He told his dad he forgave him. Mm. And he said it changed his whole life in that moment. Not because dad got better. Right. Because this man grew up into what I call real manhood by yep. taking that initiative. Yeah. The key word there that I'm I'm um, identifying with as you're talking about that is is the forgiveness piece. Because that's most likely going to be a part of that journey, uh, especially if you're talking to your dad about things. And that, you know, just forgiveness is uh, being an old CPA. I love this because it's an accounting term, right? And it, it is yeah. the release of a debt owed. Yeah. And so Jesus talks about this in Matthew 18, when he tells the parable of the servant that was forgiven all of his debt, and then he went out and strangled somebody that owed him. And uh, just, you know, forgiveness is this release of a debt that is owed. And most of the time, uh, most of the time, nobody can pay you back for the hurt. And so so that releasing of that debt is really your only option. And I do see this, and I'm sure you've seen it with countless men, that when they finally get that understanding that there's nothing dad can do to pay me back, he can't write a check. It would be offensive if he tried to, to write you a check to pay off for neglect or abuse or abandonment or maybe just a disinterest or um, you know maybe verbal abuse. Really, it, it is. It's it's just you got to understand he's nothing he can do. I, I'm going to just release him of the debt. There's an amazing, powerful thing that happens in your life when you do that. That's exactly right. And I think men don't know they carry that key to that release. Yep. And so when they learn that and they learn that they how important it is that they close the loop with dad and make peace with him and what it will do for them as well as their dad, because a lot of times it unlocks dad and, and and brings a whole new perspective on life from him. I've seen that over and over again. And so for those listening today, if if dad is a, a sore spot with you, uh, I would really encourage you that you need to get with some guys and talk some of that through. And uh, Better Man does that, by the way, but talk that through and formulate some kind of plan to sign that peace treaty with dad. I like that. Okay. So vision is still the key. Dealing with dad is still a must. The third reflection that you've had is, as you've been walking down memory lane is this, is that manhood feels harder today in every way. Talk about that. Yeah. When I listened to my original manhood messages, which were done back in the early nineties. Okay. Uh, one of the things that I picked up on immediately is how much I would draw on what I call the institutions of our society to help men, like like your parents or like your school or like uh, a, a program you were in, like scouts or, or your youth group or things like that, uh, through the even the media. I mean, at that time, there were even great movies you could point to. I mean, there still are some great movies, but movies and those kind of things to reinforce the truths that uh, I was sharing then. But I, I suddenly realized uh, here in 2021, that we've lost complete trust in our institutions. Those things have broken down in a number of ways. And so uh, family, for instance, when I meet with men and we start talking about family, rarely do I get a response from a man that he can count on his family. In fact, what he's got, we just talked about that. He's got woundedness, there's divorce, there's brokenness, there's abandonment, and those kind of things. So that just makes his life so much harder. And then things that we have access to through our media, it doesn't inspire nobleness. What it inspires is seduction and temptation and addiction and those kind of things. And then in our schools, rather than teaching higher moral values, I mean, I mean, look at us right now. We're fighting in our schools 
about whether the school is teaching nobility or, or noble pursuits or if it's just teaching politics and indoctrination. Right. So there's just a classic loss of institutional trust. And, and with that comes all kinds of what I call things holding us back as men rather than moving us forward. And I tell you, Adam, it, 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 it stood out as I listened to myself speak 30 years ago. I was drawing upon those institutions as assets. Hmm. I, I couldn't do that today. Wow. And so with that, what you've got is broken families and a broken culture and a plethora of unbridled toxic seductions that make life just simply harder for a man. And when you add the pace of life in that as well, um, we're, we're in a new day that is going to require some significant adjustments for men to find the kind of manhood that they need. Yeah. And here's what I, where it encourages me and why that, you know, that, that is, that is reality. And I, it doesn't depress me when I hear that because I know in every generation, there's been something new that's made manhood difficult. And in right. every generation, God raises up leaders, uh, raises up people to just say, hey, we're, we're going to meet the challenge of the day. And that's what I love about I love about Better Man. I love about the local church and the healthy local churches that are out there. This is not cause to just go, well, maybe we should all just close up shop and and uh, go build a little commune out in the uh, out in the wilderness. No, stay engaged where you are. These are just the challenges of today. If it wasn't these, it'd be something else, right? And it's going to be something else for your kids and something else for your grandkids. So just be a man today. Be there and just go, all right, these are our challenges. Let's be together and uh, and let's go out and help one another with this. But it does say, as never before, how important it is that men have a place that they can go and discover the classic virtues of real manhood with, with a community that would support them in that pursuit. And that, to me, those are the twin towers for manhood in the 21st century is, is clarity that we just talked about, about manhood and community that would support that in the midst of a more toxic environment. I like that a lot. Yeah, it is maybe, maybe if I was going to add to this would be manhood feels harder in every way, comma, therefore it is more dangerous to be isolated than ever. That's right. right. Yeah. And, uh, That's what and, I love about what I've given the last part of my life to, and that you're supporting with Better Man, because both of those things are at the core of what we do at Better Man. We provide what I call classic clarity on manhood from the Bible. And we also provide ways for older and younger men to have community together, to support one another in the midst of this age, to go forward with that wonderful, noble masculinity. I like that. Okay, let's do this last one here. And I'm going to give you permission here, Robert, if you need to preach a little bit. You have permission to preach on this last one. And so here's here's your fourth observation. There seems to be less serious belief today. Talk about that. Yeah. I, I feel like that people don't seem to believe that they can be holy. Hmm. And so what they default back to is their brokenness. They find their unity in their brokenness. I found a lot of discussion that we're all broken people. We've all got mistakes. And that is all true. I believe all that. We are broken people. But I, I've started listening closer, and it almost now feels like an excuse that I can't really go deep with God and become holy and distinct in a perverse generation. Yeah. And and that jumped out because when I listened to my previous preaching of three decades ago, a lot of the things that I would be saying in a message would be calling people up to believe they could be 
really lights in a dark age. They could really be difference makers. They really could um, uh, be like for a man. He could really be the head of his home. But when I tell young men that they could be the head of their home, a, a what I call the real servant leader, what I find in today's young men is oftentimes, first of all, they've never heard somebody say they're supposed to be head of their home because mm. they've not explored that biblical teaching. And when they hear it, they kind of wilt thinking, I couldn't do that. I'm broken. And so there's not this calling up, guys, we can be different. We can be heroes to our families and heroes to this age and be the difference makers. God can take us there and support us there in community with one another. But but instead, it's more of a softer Christianity that, that doesn't um, elevate conviction as much as it 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 uh, wallows in compromise and lack of what I call serious biblical understanding of key issues that are right at the forefront of today about marriage or divorce or sex before marriage or uh, all kinds of other things with temptations that today we talk about and almost laugh about like as a way of saying, yeah, that's just part of what life is about rather than saying, no, we can stand above those things. And, and I heard a lot of that more convicting and, and, and calling up messages from yesterday that I don't hear as much today, or even exploration into those harder biblical texts that explain the whys to that text. Today, it's just like we just pass over it because we're not really believing we can get there. Yeah. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if in 30 years, Robert, is are we just in the middle of a pendulum swing in the church, or is this really a shift, like a permanent shift? You know, because there was such a, maybe during some of that area of, era over the last 30 years, there was such this... Uh, put on your Sunday best, put on the facade, you know, and there was like, no, we can be authentic. And authentic means we can also be transparent about our brokenness, which clearly is a message from Scripture as well, right? All have sinned and fall short. So we do have that. And I just wonder, as the pendulum, you know, has it swung too far over where we're forgetting that that we can also, or we're also called to be repentant, and the old is gone and the new has come, we're transformed, and we're being made into the likeness of Jesus. So it'll just be interesting to see where that goes. No, and, and Adam, I, here's what I don't want our listeners to hear. I don't want our listeners to hear that I'm glorifying the past. Right, right. That's good. <laughs> One of the reasons I was calling people to that is because they weren't that. Yeah. But the reflection, you asked me to give some reflection. The reflection was, is there's there was hope in the past of getting there. Yeah. And I don't hear some of that language anymore. That's it's good. It's like that language has disappeared, and what we're emphasizing, as you said, and it's and it's good stuff that we're emphasizing, authenticity, transparency, those kind of things. But I don't want us to lose the fact that we have the hope of being holy. And that's what God calls us in First Peter. I mean, here's First Peter in a very decadent Roman age saying, where God says, be holy for I am holy. I want people to hear that and believe that they can be that. That's good. That's good. Robert, these are great reflections. Uh, I really like this, that vision is the key to manhood. Dealing with dad is still a must. Manhood is harder uh, today, or feels harder today in every way, and there seems to be less serious belief. Um, And here's what I'm really encouraged by, and I hope you're encouraged by it as well, that 
in the very beginning, what we said was that vision is still the key. The definition you came up with 30 years ago still holds true today. That's still the clarity men are seeking today, which I think is, is Robert, a testimony to you that you found this definition not in your own mind, your own creativity, out of your own experience. It wasn't your own wisdom and, and uh, way with, with pithy words, right? This was, you found it from the source of life out of God's Word, that is true yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and it lasts for generations and is helpful for all generations. And so I commend you for that, because it, it's clear that that's where this definition came from, and so much of what you were teaching was grounded in that, which is why it's still relevant today, 30 years later. Yeah. And Adam, can I, can I finish with just one story? Yeah. This is very personal. Uh, I don't think most people, even my friends would know this, but a year ago, I had a little time, and I just said, you know, rather than put my kids through... Uh, having to put together my funeral when I die, because because that's on that that's kind of before me at uh, almost seventy two. Uh, my wife and I just sat down. We kind of wrote out a general uh, service if we were to die that they don't have to struggle with. But we went even for, further. We bought our tombstones, okay, and a funeral and a and a plot for them to bury us, and we put up our tombstones. They're already up. They're already they're, up. They, they're already up in a really quaint um, cemetery. So they're up. And uh, so when we were doing that, I asked my wife, "What do you want on your tombstone?" And she she had this Bible verse and her name and stuff. And I said, "Okay, what do I want on my tombstone?" So what I put on my tombstone is Robert Mason Lewis, my birth date in 1949, with the blank. And then underneath it, it says, a real man. And then I spell out on my tombstone, the definition of manhood. That is amazing. And here's what's interesting, Robert, is when you were talking about that definition, I had the idea, I bet this ends up on your tombstone, and I didn't want to offend you by saying that. <laughs> I thought I thought all I want at the very end, even in the grave, is for those people to pass by and look at it and go, huh, that guy's speaking about what it is, means to be a man. Yeah, and it'll carry on. Because I firmly believe for men, if you know who you are and you know what God wants you to be, you will get there to some degree and you will be better for it. But if you don't have clarity in that area, what you'll end up is in nowhere. That's good. That's good. Man, and like, like that right there, Robert, that's a whole nother episode that I want to talk about. The... Um, the conviction and the confidence to put on your tombstone a real man. Yeah. Do do men listening right now feel like they can say that and it's not bragging and it's not boasting. It is looking at the definition and it's just going and what I'm not saying is that I am the best hunter in the world or I can shoot the best golf score or I was the best business guy or uh, I was the best looking or had the most muscles, you know, like I'm just saying it's these four things. I was a real man and the confidence that that can breed that that's an interesting challenge here at the end uh, with all of that. And I love that you were able to do that. And and I think that sets up a vision for us. Exactly. It's what call, it's what's called me forward for the last 50 years. And it's what I'll step into eternity with. That's right. All right. Hey, let's do this again in another 30 years. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> or you can come visit me in my well, grave. <laughs> that's right. Maybe that's what I'll do. We'll just listen to all these old Better Man podcasts, and then we'll get together and we'll record another one, and it'll be it'll be great. So, Robert, as always, so fun to be with you today. Thanks for your reflections and your time. It's great being with you, Adam, and uh, I, I'm so excited about going forward with Better Man. 
And I hope that uh, for some of our listeners, they'll find those old messages on manhood encouraging. That's right. Yeah. We'll provide a link to that in the, uh, in the show description and everybody can look and go subscribe to that podcast uh, as well. So good to be with you, Robert. See ya. Well, Robert, thank you again for jumping on with me today and sharing your reflections. And again, if you guys want to go back and listen to some of those old messages, not just the authentic manhood ones, but other messages from Robert's uh, preaching archives, you can go back and uh, find that. The, the name of that podcast is Robert Lewis Sermons. And again, you can find that on all podcast platforms. And if you're listening today and you want to grow in your relationship with God and grow as a man, then the Better Man Experience can help you do just that. This is a great way to be influenced and mentored by other godly men who are on the same journey to manhood as you. Our 11-week experience is a great way to explore manhood in a way that's not only going to provide you with a biblical perspective, but it can change your life forever as you meet and get to know the God-man, Jesus Christ. And so Better Man is free of charge for churches. You can go to betterman.com and explore how you can bring this experience to your church or your community. Once again, that's betterman.com. This episode, as always, was edited and mixed by the team over at Sound of a Rose. You can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. That's all we've got for today. We'll talk to you again next time.